This week, Mike Hogan joins the FanCast to break down the front office shuffle in Argoland, the trade deadline, and Argos and Red Blacks in Friday Night Football. It's the Argos FanCast. You can find us at Argos FanCast on the Twitter machine. On your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos FanCast, specifically Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Anywhere you get your, your podcast, you can find the Argos FanCast. I am All Kinds of Clay. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. Actually, I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. Whoops. Joining me, as always, from ArgoFans.com is Will Gertler. Hi, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And from the Double Blue Order. Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. I don't know about you, but that sounded a little more like the Ultimate Warrior this week. <laughs> the only thing I was missing was putting the rocket ship in the rocket fuel. <laughs> anyway... You can find our group, the Double Blue Order. You can find it on Facebook at facebook.com slash doubleblueorder, on Twitter at doubleblueorder, on Instagram at the doubleblueorder, and you can find me personally at DougB519. Well, I what? guess we have to go into it now. Oh, that. Yeah. Ugh. There, there was a game, apparently... The good, the bad, the ugly. Moving on, the winds are blowing cold. The leaves are turning colors. The beer is transitioning from your light lagers and ales into your holiday stouts. The seasons of change are blowing through Argoland. David Bowie once said, Ch-ch-changes, just going to have to be a different man. Time may change me, but I can't trace time. And that's just what the Argos have done. The Argos are turning once again to the man that has been changing Argos' fortunes for the better part of 31 years. Today, the Argos announced that Michael Pinball Clemens will take over as general manager with support from John Murphy in the role of vice president of player personnel. Uh, along with that, that means that Jim Pop is no longer your GM of the T- Toronto Argonauts. He relinquished his role after he was told by uh, Mr. Manning that they were no longer going to be renewing his contract. Uh, Jim Pop has accepted to remain with the club uh, through the end of his contract in a consulting role with the club. It's the big story. It's actually been on all the radio stations and the news. And I think the only person that could get that kind of traction in this market is Michael Pinball Clemens. Guys, I know this probably wasn't the exact news we were hoping to hear or expecting to hear uh, but i want to say it's really good news yeah i think i think it's great news actually 
I was taken aback by it because I didn't expect something. I didn't expect him to be brought into the GM role. I thought it would be as something a little higher up. I'm pretty sure a lot of other people thought he was going to be brought in as a, a little higher up. But I mean, he's I mean he he's made a career of taking on new challenges, and this is once again a new challenge for him. You know what, though? It isn't that new. He has been for one season in 2003. He took on that role uh, after he uh, stepped down from the presidential role uh, to be the interim GM for a year and uh, then relinquished it at the end of the season to Adam Rita uh, so he could move uh, back up to the uh, back up the chain, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it's one of those, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he is putting his hat in the ring for something, he is going full bore at it. And I think the, uh, the one comment that, uh, that will ring true, um, is, you know, he's got such a connection to this team and he actually turned them down twice for this job, but he's got such, such a connection from, to the team. He actually said he felt like it was his duty to take on this role. Took a 47 yard, uh, 47 point loss for him to do it. I wasn't so much surprised about the fact that, I mean, I didn't expect that, you know, we'd heard that pinball had been in sort of an advisory role in the last couple of weeks. But I certainly didn't think that Bill Manning was going to hire his replacement, unless the, obviously the his resignation was voluntary. But I think we have to look at it from the perspective that he isn't going to be a GM by the strict definition of the role. Yes, he'll have that final say. But we also know that Pinball was very good at delegating responsibility to his support staff, or well, as a player, you know, as a as a coach, his coordinators, and uh, bringing John Murphy aboard shows that he will be reliant on him to be that support mechanism. Because you know, people do have apprehensions about this move, and I can understand it, because you know, being a GM is a whole complete different set of skills than being a coach. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's something of a different role than, you know, any of us envisioned for, for Clem, you know, he, he, he's a motivator, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, where, where his set of skills are going to come into play is, you know, when they're, they're uh, trying to convince players to, come to Toronto you know he's one of those guys that people will like they bring him in to talk to the team whenever the team is is getting up for a big game and somehow they go and you know after one of those talks they go and run through a brick wall for the man so I can see him being very influential in in getting the players on board I think John Murray Bringing John Murphy in as the vice president of player personnel is probably a very smart move. 
Um, and Pinball even said it in one of the interviews he did today. Uh, if you're the smartest man in the room, that's your fault. He always tries to surround himself with people who he believes are smarter than him at things that he's not as knowledgeable on. And that's exactly what he's going to, it's what he did as a coach. It's what he's going to do in this role now. Yeah. And I think the question Argo fans should be asking themselves is, do you have faith in John Murphy to make personnel decisions? Because ultimately, Pinball's going to have the final say, but I think he's going to defer to him a lot. Oh, 100%. And with that, I, I believe they're probably going to be, you know, building out their their uh, scouting staff and, you know, really developing that that end. So yeah. that, because, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, they, they have had a lot of guys come in here just none have stayed. Um, but they do always seem to find something just lately. They just haven't been hitting on a lot of those, those gems that, uh, they normally do. Yeah. It's about rebuilding the scouting. The, I guess, particularly the American scouting system, which seems to have suffered in the last couple of years. Yeah, just a little bit. It also doesn't help when the last couple of GMs have only signed marquee like players and marquee players to two-year deals. I mean, I think I well, the one thing I gathered from this is that we're going to start seeing that if he wants to build consistency, we're going to start like when we sign a marquee guy, he's going to be here for four or five years. Oh, I hope so. I, I really hope that they, they go down that route. I mean, there's not many teams that are in the CFL that are going down that route. Um, but I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to have to. Because re- like, this team, more than anything, needs to find consistency. They really, really do. They have it they've been so up and down and well, more consistently down, I guess, but you want to find proper positive consistency and keeping guys here for, you know, three, four, five years uh, at, at a time is probably, you know, what you really should be aiming for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, but, even a team like Calgary, that's not necessarily re- the reality. They just have a pipeline that gets guys who can replace players who depart. Uh, and the, I mean, the Argos did have that to a very certain extent in the 2000s. You know, a guy like Adrian Smith retired, Brian Parker, plug and play successful, Antonius Bonner retired, plug and play, Willie Pyle successful. You know, it, it, that, that's the example of what the Argos need to strive for. Now, the other one thing that, that I didn't know about this that just kind of seems uh, it seems like it was a sign. Um, Michael Clemens has been around the Toronto Argonauts now for 31 years. Yep. 
it it just you know that number just it just seems like it was it it's almost like that was made up to write the story if anybody's read Steve Simmons and the Steve Simmons uh, column in the Toronto Sun today about uh, or in online on the Toronto Sun about uh, this move you know it just it that stuck out you know it, it was a sign that Michael Clemens had was was going to come in and try to turn this around a little bit different role that like i mean we all expected michael clemens to be named the president uh there was a lot of rumors floating around that uh it would be uh, michael clemens in the president role uh they would then uh bring in eric tillman as the gm um and then you know there's lots of people looking at uh uh prying kahari jones out of uh his one-year interim deal with Montreal or uh, bringing in Mike O'Shea if uh, they, the Bombers decide to walk away from him or even La Police. But I, I think the biggest shock for all of us was probably the almost seeming commitment that Clemens is going to be the GM. Yeah. Well, look, I, I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys understand? Do you guys understand some of the apprehension people have or? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, if, if this fails, are you going to be the guy that fires Michael Pinball Clemens? You'll probably be told to resign. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's just, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much bill manning's going all in on this one yeah that that's what it seems like because now if if he's like it this is the this is like the all-in point which i can't believe we're actually hitting the all-in point at in year three but correct <laughs> no no wait not year three sorry year two yeah, year two. So basically, say basically he's putting his own neck on the line because if he's going to be the one that fires Pinball Clemens, then guess what? He's going to be like there's going to be so much fan backlash against him. Well, he knows he has to start to he starts to have he has to start building. I mean, the season's over. I mean, they're out of the playoffs. They've been eliminated, but he does have to start trying to at least build whatever good faith they possibly can before the off season starts and renewals start because. Cause Lord knows there's a hell of a lot of people that have, that have basically said that they're not renewing. Yeah. And I mean, it's clear. I mean, right now I don't want to use the term fan mutiny, but right now you have fan base just about as restless as they, as they've ever been. And what a better way to try and win those season ticket holders back than than with the the most beloved figure in probably Argo's history. Or Jeff O'Neill said, you know, one of the most beloved pe- sports personalities in Toronto. 
anything you want to name, he's probably at the top of the list of uh, you, you know people who love this guy. I, I don't know anybody in their right mind who can say they don't like Michael Clemens. Even the Hamilton fans love him. The ones that have a brain in their heads, anyway. No, he's pretty. Even the ones that even. Even the mindless the ones? ones that don't. Oh yeah, yeah. no. It's just, it's against, I don't even, you cannot tarnish Michael Clemens. It just, you, it's almost like it's a law. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's the 11th commandment. Thou shall not tarnish Michael Pinball Clemens. Trell Clemens. But there's a reason why I call him St. Michael of William and Mary. <laughs> now, now, to help us get the breakdown of how this all came about and what this really means for the, the Argos moving forward, we're going to bring on uh, Manager of Communications from the of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Hogan. Well, welcome, Mike Hogan, to the Argos FanCast. Uh, so how's your day been? Busy. <laughs> Uneventful. Uh, nothing happened, just a regular day at the office. Uh, you know, just bringing a Hall of Famer back to the organization, that's all. Um, it was, uh, it, you know, it was, it was a bittersweet day, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, I think, I think Mike Clemens uh, summed it up nicely. He, he said the same thing to the team that he said uh, when he came up for the news conference, said, I don't want to be here today. And, you know, I, I think that kind of sums it up. When, when, when I think as, as Argo fans and, and, and members of the team, when the season started, we were very optimistic about what was going to happen. There was a great deal of excitement that, you know, with, with Corey Chamberlain coming back and with, uh, with, with uh, you know, the, James Franklin with a new head coach because that, you know, obviously didn't work out with Mark Cressman a year ago. Um, with with Darrell Walker and S.J. Green and Armani Edwards, I mean the, the receiving core, and I, I think everybody thought this team was going to score a lot of points this year. That with with Corey Chamberlain, the defense was going to improve on a on a game by game basis. And for whatever happened, it didn't. Uh, or for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And then and today, Jim Pop, who everybody likes, loves as a person, um, you know, paid the price, and that that makes it a bittersweet day because as excited as we are. To get Mike Clements back in the fold, we're also, you know, sad to see Jim Pop go. So it's a, it's a, it's a very, very sad day, but at the same time, a very, very happy day. Yeah, I think that's everybody's sentiments as well. You know, it, it it's it's been a very uh, rough season to to say yeah. the least. Um, yeah. You know, you you pointed out things things just haven't worked out the way everybody thought they would. How? this come about that you know we heard um michael say that uh, he turned down this role uh to turn turned down the argos twice before he accepted the role um how how did this actually come about well uh, bill manning like everybody else has ever met mike clemens was impressed with mike clemens when he first met him and 
you know, they developed a friendship and, and he asked Michael if, if you want to come and kind of be an extra set of eyes and ears for Corey Chamberlain. And that worked out. And, uh, you know, when, when, when I think Corey and I haven't, I've never asked him about this, but I, I can assume that when Corey saw a guy who had been a head coach here and a successful head coach was, was coming aboard, he probably thought, Oh, they're hiring somebody to replace me. And that's the last thing that Mike Clemens wanted. Um, he wanted it, you know, when news started to leak out because, you know, he'd been doing it for quite a while before anybody found out, uh, because again, Mike wanted it that way. Um, uh, he wanted to reiterate that he was not here to take Corey Chamberlain's job. He didn't want to coach again. He was, had no interest in coaching. And so he kind of, and, and, you know, he and Corey struck up a friendship and it's worked and, and he's been uh, very helpful to coach Chamberlain. And, you know, I, I think it was a relief to the coach knowing that uh, Mike wasn't there to take his job and they were able to work together. And, and I think it's been a very, very, very valuable set of eyes and ears for Corey. And, you know, I, I don't know when Bill Manning made the decision to move on from Jim. Um, obviously the, the game in Vancouver didn't help. Uh, you know, there's no question about that. That was just, that was ugly from the opening kickoff. And, he made the decision to to do this and bring in Mike in the role that he's subsequently taken as general manager. Um, John Murphy has been sort of in and out of the office. He works out of home in New Orleans, uh, so he can be down there and scout all the college teams and, and pro teams down there. So, um, you know, John's coming back up here now and uh, was there today, and, and they met with, with Bill over the weekend. And, uh, the, the move was made yesterday. I found out in my role at, uh, at about four o'clock or five o'clock yesterday afternoon that, you know, the change is going to be made and we had a news conference to get ready and prepare a news release and, you know, try and get the word out there and keep it quiet at the same time, which is not easy in this era, but I think we did a pretty good job of that. And, you know, I think the transition went well, but, you know, bittersweet day. Uh, we all love Jim. We all love Mike and, uh, you know, in a perfect world, everybody's able to, to, to work together, but, you know, something had to, to give this year. And unfortunately for Jim, uh, his, his name came up first. How much do you think, do you, do you feel this is similar to what happened in 2000? I mean, obviously it's a different position for pinball, but do you see the similarities sort of in how quickly this fell together? You know what the weirdest part of this is? Do you guys remember when pinball was, was, was brought in in 2000? It was after they lost a blowout game to the BC Lions. Yeah. And they replaced John Heward with Mike Clements. And now after a blowout loss to the BC Lions, this, this one at home, the other one on the road, or sorry, this, that, this one on the road, the other one at home, um, they make the change. And, and you know, I, when that thing happened, the other night, I, I kind of jokingly said to myself, can you imagine if it was if it was to happen? Not even thinking Pinball Clemens was going to be part of the equation. Um, that, that stunned me, to be honest, just knowing Mike was doing what he wanted to do kind of from afar, um, yet hands-on at the same time. I, I was stunned by that, but I thought, geez, if they make another one after the BC Alliance, because I, you know, uh, I ran into you guys after the game on, on Saturday, or the last game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and man, this was an apathy from the fans. This was anger, and I haven't seen this maybe since that Heward game. Um, so something had to be done, and um, a dramatic step was taken. 
And this is more than just throwing the fans a bone. I mean, Mike Clemens is very good at what he does. And, and I have full confidence in him and, and, and Murph and, uh, you know, everybody in the organization to, to turn this thing around. And I, I, this was, as Bill said today, this was the, this was the first day of the 2020 season. And, you know, now, now Mike and Murph get an opportunity to kind of get a running start on, on next year. So uh, I'm very sorry to see Jim Jim go, but I uh, of course understand why the decision was made. It's just it wasn't just this year; it was a it was a something had to give. I I get that totally. What does John Murphy bring to the table as uh, VP of Player Personnel? Um, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of guys who are out there, whether they're who's you know who's a suspect and who's a as a, uh, a prospect like you know he's if, if you ask him something about a prospect from a draft six years ago he'll be able to tell you everything you need to know about him uh he's just got that mind he's he's a guy that is willing to go basically anywhere and talk to anybody to find prospects he's a professional prospect finder and you know uh hopefully you know this prospector is going to find some gold um that's his track record he was successful in in Calgary, obviously, with with Huffnagel, he was uh, successful with, uh, with Coach Jones in in Saskatchewan. So uh, he's got a track record. He knows how to find bodies, and you know, given the opportunity to to, to bring his guys in here to you know in, in conjunction with with Mike, uh, but Murph's going to be the guy. You know, kind of has the uh, the say in personnel that he'll run that by Michael, and uh, and Pinball will say yay or nay develops i think it's it's going to be a really symbiotic relationship where where you've got you know this this old school i'm going to go anywhere to find a player kind of guy and you know talk up the pros and cons with mike and uh, mike will evaluate what what the uh, brings to the table and, and they'll in conjunction with one another make a decision so um you know the, the, it was uh, i thought bill put it nicely that, that today uh, to, to paraphrase him this this could be a really good combination because you know one guy's strengths and the other guy's weaknesses seem to really cancel each other out so between the two of them this could be a when these two guys get to know each other a little bit more this could be a pretty special relationship yeah we we sort of know that pinball when he was a coach he did a good job of hiring the right coordinators to make the team the best they could be and Mm -hmm. sort of with uh you know I think a lot of people are, are maybe I've seen a few people be a little bit reluctant about this because they say, oh, well, he has no experiences at GM, but really, I mean, if he's going to lean on Murphy, I mean, that's a, that's a good sign because he can, John has the connections down South. It sounds like, well, pinball yeah. can sort of pick, pick, concentrate on the big picture type thing. Yeah, you, I mean, you're, if, if, if you're a, a CEO of a company, you're not the guy who's going to go out and put all the plans together, but you're going to look yeah. at the plans, evaluate the plans, and make the decision based on the plans, and it's up to you to make the right decision. Uh, I mean, that's basically every company, and, uh, you know, Mike's going to have his fingers in a lot of holes, it sounds like, when he when he's working here. He's, he's you know, he's got to put a coaching staff together, and, uh, you know, we'll find out whether or not that uh, includes Coach Shamel at the end of the year, because I think everybody in the organization is going to be evaluated. 
uh, and and rightfully so after this kind of year and, and year like last year. And, you know, Mike will look at the positives and the negatives, and this is where he's going to make his money is, is by trying to figure out, you know, which guys are going to be a good fit with one another and, and getting the lay of the landscape and, 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 and learning more about personnel and who could work together and, you, you know, what mistakes were made this year that are easily correctable and which one is going to take a little bit, you know, a little bit tougher sledding to, to get to that next level. And, you know, that's on Mike and, and Mike's accepted that and he's looking forward to doing it. And I, I'm, I'm confident, um, you know, I think anybody who doubted Mike Clemens becoming a head coach um, in 2000, the way that he did, and I admit I was probably in, in, in the majority of that one thinking, oh, come on, the guy's never coached before. What are they, what are they putting him in this position for? They're setting him up to fail. And what did he do? Four years later, won a great cup. So um, I've, I've, I've learned to, to know that Mike Clemens uh, does not just kind of show up and shake hands and, and kiss babies. He's, he's in it. If, he, if he's made the commitment to this organization to take uh, this important role, uh, he's going to show up to work every day, roll up his sleeves, and try and turn this thing around. And then, I mean, he also, in 2000, the team played much better under his coaching, and I think that also helped calm the fan base down, who was you know, understandably very upset with Jim Hugh, uh, John Hugh. Well, I, yeah, that was. I'm not even going to try to remember his first name. <laughs> <laughs> of of all of the things that I regret um, having covered the Argos now since 2000 uh, officially, uh, boy, I should have wrote a book about that team because that was that was just it was my first year, so I thought some of that stuff was normal. Um, none of it was like, it was, it was bizarre. Um, uh, just, just so, you know, whether it be Michael or somebody else, I think a lot of people are just happy to get coach Hewitt out of, out of the equation and would have played for anybody. And then because they were playing for literally a teammate, uh, because Mike, uh, as you guys know, uh, left the playing field and then came back and coached on labor day and then came back and played two games and then was a full-time coach after that um, they were literally playing for a teammate and and responded to him and Mike was able to, to kind of you know get his staff coaching the way it was a young staff a lot of them didn't have any CFL experience uh, you know the, the the guy that kind of worked out the best from that group was Paul Lapolis who was you know in his, I think it was early 30s maybe in late 20s at that point uh, up from you know small college in the states and um, you know, he's the guy that really stuck, but it was, it was a lot of guys who were kind of learning the ropes and, you know, we're doing so with a guy who just fought the game differently in John Heward. And, you know, I think in a lot of cases, Heward's been proven to be right with some of the stuff he was doing. He just went about it in absolutely the worst possible way. So, you know, for Mike, it was a good situation for pinball when he took over from Heward because man, that bar was set low. And, uh, and and I'm not taking anything away from him. He went in and cleaned up that mess in a hurry uh, because he knew the pulse of the of the locker room that year because he was literally a part of it for most of the season. Now, considering that we have the trade deadline coming up in about 18 hours or so, mm-hmm. should we be expecting any major moves? I, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other. Uh, I mean, it would make sense if, if, if you know, you've kind of come. You know, Bill Manning came to the conclusion, whether it was Saturday night or beforehand, that he wanted to, you know, move on in 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 the Jim Pop role and and kind of was working on what his next move would be. 
if the Argos have taken a look at the current crop of quarterbacks, and this is, you know, Murph and, and pinball now, um, and they say, well, okay, these guys are free agents at the end of the year. Uh, we're out of the playoffs. Uh, we can take a look at a couple of other guys if we get rid of, you know, if we get a good haul for Mac or if we get a good haul for James or even a decent haul for them, um, you know, maybe move on. Would, would another team be interested in rolling the dice on Zach uh, Klaus? I, I don't know. Um, there are a lot of ways to look at this and a lot of possibilities and a lot of teams that are screaming for quarterbacks. And, and, and it's not just the quarterbacks. I think that's maybe um, overplayed as well because I think about 70% of this roster is, and this is, this is the norm in the CFL now, um, I think around 70% of the roster will be a free agent potentially next year. So um, if, if, if they decide to move on from – some players or don't think that there's a player that, you know, maybe a player's expressed interest that they don't want to come back to this situation next year. And maybe that changes with, with Mike in, in place as a general manager. Um, why wouldn't you try and get something for them? And, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of talent on this team. You know, the, I, I, I don't think the, 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 the record right now is indicative of how good some of these players are. And that's, that's maybe been the most frustrating thing of the world this season. But um, if, if, if you don't think that uh, you're going to be in contention to bring in a free agent next year, why not add something to the, to the treasure trove? And, you know, this is, this is a big draft coming up for John Murphy and, and Mike Clemens because it'll be their first together. Um, why not improve the odds of, of getting a good player or two simply by, you know, being able to roll the dice a little bit more during the course of the draft. It's, it's easier to roll a seven with, with, you know, 10 tosses than it is with three. All right, Mike, we want to thank you very much for joining us uh, on the Argos fan cast. We know it's probably been a little bit of a long day for you. So uh, we'll uh, let you uh, get, and hopefully you can get some sleep sometime soon. Any uh, any time I'm talking Argo football with guys like you, it's uh, it's a good time. So uh, seriously, I mean, it, um, I'm I'm just thankful that you know there are so many loyal fans around. Uh, you know, a lot of fans got turned off, and I do want to point out that that, that today I, I walked back into the office after the the news conference was over, and we did the media availability for Coach Chamberlain and some of the players, and. I walked back and I asked guys in the ticketing office, you know, what's the response been? And like everybody was saying, you have no idea how many people have phoned up and said, you know, I was, I was borderline about giving up my season tickets, but with Mike coming back, uh, I'm all in. Uh, and I was so happy to hear that. And it was uh, basically every salesperson who said that. So uh, I'm glad that the Argo faithful are remaining faithful and, and, and putting their faith in a guy that I think has earned the trust of the fan base and, uh, you know, as, as Bill said, you know, this is the first day of the 2020 season. And uh, I think today was a pretty good day to start that campaign. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. And that's, that's great to hear that people are renewing. So we'll, uh, on that note, we'll uh, let you go and you have a great rest of your evening. You too. Enjoy the rest of the show, boys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming Thanks. on. Thanks, Hoagie. All right. And that was Mike Hogan. Play-by-play voice of the Argos, communications manager, and, uh, well, big Argo fan himself. And an all-around swell guy. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, you know, to go off of, you know, one of the things that uh, 
that you asked about him, Doug, is you know, the trade deadline coming up. Who's who's on the block, who's not on the block? The CFL released their weekly say, and it really focused mostly on who was on the uh, the trade block. And it, it really, really focused on pretty much anybody in double blue. So I'm just going to go through some of their their uh, options here. And, you know, we'll have our say here. So as the GM of a contending team, who would be your biggest trade deadline target? Now, since we're talking Argos, we'll talk specifically Argo players. Um, I think the, the biggest... Uh, need right here if you're a contending team you know you've got the quarterback issues in Edmonton and uh Winnipeg they they need some help um just because they don't know if their guys uh well in in Winnipeg we know he's not coming back in in Edmonton we don't know if Trevor Harris is coming back but they're both teams in need of quarterback depth um and you're looking at you know James Franklin or McLeod Bethel Thompson law firm probably being the two guys that most people are looking at. We did hear that Winnipeg inquired about Zach Caleros and they immediately countered him, countered that with James Franklin. And we don't know if, uh, where that went, but that was probably with Jim pop as well. That's not with, uh, Michael pinball Clemens and John Murphy. Um, for me, I'm going to go a little bit out of the box, and I'm uh, and I'm going to look at Calgary's biggest need is probably a running back, uh, and that's going to really solidify things. They they've had a a huge problem with injuries at that position, and I think behind that line, uh, a guy like James Wilder Jr. could could succeed a lot more than he has in Toronto. So that's that's a guy I, I'm going to be targeting if I'm a contender, um, you know. But you know, like Mike said, everybody is uh, probably up for grabs at this point. Will, who are you targeting on the on the Argos if you're a contending team? Wonder if somebody wants to bring Darrell Walker in, thousand yard receiver on a two win team. And that's another good, another good one. Darrell Walker, thousand yard receiver, and he's only on a one year deal, so you're probably not going to give up much to get him. We'll see if the Argos decide to part ways ways with him. Uh, Doug, since we're coming around back to you, have you figured out anybody? Um, you guys actually said the two that I was actually going to say, pricks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I would definitely, definitely. First thing I would take a look at is probably the the running game. That's probably where I would go. Try and off try and uh, offload or not offload. Try and poach James Wilder Jr. from from the Argos for just see what see see what see what they're see what I can get. Now the other uh, one um, that uh, they talked about on the weekly say uh, which quarterback situation is more concerning. The rest of the season, yeah, they talked about Winnipeg and Edmonton. Yes, both both are concerning. We know Matt Nichols is not coming back. We don't know about Trevor Harris. Um, I'm going off the board on this one, and 
honestly, I'm more concerned about what Toronto is doing. You know, are they going to move on from McLeod, Bethel Thompson, and James Franklin? Um, try and give some of the younger guys a shot. Is Prukop going to get a start? Is O'Connor going to get in there? Um, to me, there's there's more moving parts with the Argos than there are with anybody else. I don't think either. Is there any? I don't think either is the answer in Toronto, Franklin or MBT. No, I don't think they're the answer long term. I mean, James Franklin, I think we've really seen enough to know that he's not the guy that we thought he was, unfortunately. Nice guy, smiles a lot, but he's just he not that guy, Is at least not behind a an O-line block. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson... I I see him as a you know he's going to help you out he's he's the uh, Fitzpatrick of the he's going to probably come in and have some great games and you know pull you out of a hole somewhere but I'm not sure if at 31 years old he's got a renaissance and is going to be a starting quarterback in this league um more than for just a uh, a fill-in guy. Yeah, I don't see that either. I don't... It's like... I think it's time to move on from these two because, I mean, we know what James Franklin capable, is capable of. We know what M, we know what McLeod is capable of. And unfortunately, it's... I mean, despite the O-line troubles and everything else, I mean, good good quarterbacks find a way around it. And unfortunately, these two haven't. So, way I look at it, it's. I think it's just time. I think it's time to move on from both of them, and then ultimately try and give uh, Prukop or, or O'Connor a shot. Yeah, they do. They should give Prukop a shot. He's been on the team since 2017, and they need to see what they have in him, if anything. Now, we've got a game coming up on Friday. It is country night at BMO Field, and uh, well, whoever's uh, showing up to the game, the first 7,000 are going to get some Arco Cowboy hats. So that's something. Um, we're playing Ottawa, who at times has looked like a worse team than the Argos, um, but, but the... Uh, you know, we've been doing our best to try and uh, squash that. Red Blacks have, well, effectively thrown in the towel on the season, and they're going to be starting uh, Mr. Arndt as uh, their quarterback uh, this week to see what he has. Um, I don't even know what I'm looking forward to in this game. I like. I think I'm really hoping that we see more Prukop and O'Connor. Um, what are you guys hoping to see out of this game on Friday? Yeah, I don't think they're going to put... I don't think they want to put Michael O'Connor in with this offensive line. Mm, I have honestly have no idea. Just, I mean, now that the pressure's off from making the playoffs, what we can do is just 
It'd be it'd be nice if we could take Ottawa down with us. You know, I really want to just see them just go in and just empty out the bag. You know, throw everything out and say, okay, let's throw everything out there and see what works. And if we don't get to something this week, well, we'll try it next week. I want to see the Argos just try absolutely everything. I don't even care if some of it fails. I just want to see them try. I think with the, with the changes that happen, you know, everybody's now going to uh, on on edge and trying to do something. So, you know, I think uh, you're going to see a lot higher effort, uh, or at least what we saw is higher effort out of the guys. Um, so I think that's that's one thing. I I really hope that uh, that the man running the Argos social media accounts uh has another fun game um you know despite what's going on on the field i hope that it's in conjunction with what's going on on the field unlike last week uh but i hope uh that he's stepping up his game even more that's what i really hope to see out of this game now moving on from that um We've got the picks coming up. Uh, Friday night, we've got a doubleheader. We've got Ottawa and Toronto uh, to start off the doubleheader. So, Will, what happens in this game? Well, we're eliminated, so Argos. Doug? I think the karma switch up at the top is going to inspire the players. If you asked me 24 hours ago what I would have said, I would have said Ottawa. But now, with the news from today, Argo's all the way. We're gonna dr- and we're gonna drag Ottawa down with us. <laughs> I'm on that same boat as well. I think the Argos are gonna come out inspired, um, or at least bit uh, you know playing out of fear, and they're going to come out and. Uh, just lay a beating to Ottawa, I hope. I really, really, really hope. Uh, the late game, we've got Saskatchewan in Calgary. Um, guess what? It snowed again in Calgary. Um, Welcome to falling. Welcome to fall <laughs> in Alberta. Yep. It can be 20 one day, minus 20 the next day, and then switch back to 20 above. I uh, hope you've got your ad. Doug, what do you see in this game? I see this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think Calgary's got the edge, but it's, I'm not that confident in it, but I think this is, I mean, this is for what this is going to be for like for first place in the East. I think so. This is going to, this is West. West. Sorry. My bad. (laughs) Sorry. My bad. First place in the West. This is going to, this is going to be game of the week right here. This is going to be the game to watch. I hope so. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to pick Saskatchewan because that's just what I do. Um, But, you know, if it's going to be cold cold weather and snow, uh, like what looks like it might be in the forecast, Calgary scares me. They're just too much. There's too much um, experience on that team and not enough 
uh, on Saskatchewan to deal with the, that kind of adversity. Um, but I still think Saskatchewan's going to somehow pull this out. And I honestly think that it's going to be a, it, there's going to be some fluky plays in this game. Uh, some, something tells me there's going to be some weird things that happen and the ball's going to bounce Saskatchewan's way. Will? I picked in Calgary because picking Saskatchewan is just not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Saturday, we've got another double header. Four o'clock, the Montreal Alouettes are in Winnipeg to take on the suddenly struggling Blue Bombers. Will, we'll start with you. Where, where does this game go? Ooh, uh... Montreal. Doug? I think it's I think this week is gonna be upset week. I'm going Montreal here. You know what? I don't think this is be upset if Montreal wins at all. They're the they're hot they're the hotter team. Winnipeg is struggling and Montreal's defense looks like it can actually play uh, a lot better than what everybody thought they could. Um, I'm picking Montreal in this one, and I don't think it's going to be close. The last game of the week, BC is in Edmonton uh, to take on the Eskimos. The Eskimos seem to be heading in the opposite direction of where BC is heading. They seem to be heading up. Doug, where what happens in this game? Well, I think... I think BC is going to keep on rolling here. I have a, I pretty much agree with you on that one. I think they're going to keep on rolling. I think a little bit bigger fight than uh, than Toronto did, especially since it is in Edmonton. I don't think uh, BC is scoring a, a ton of points in this one just because I think Edmonton's got a better defense, but I still think BC's going to somehow come out on top and uh, piss off every Edmonton Eskimos fan out there. Will? Logan Kilgore at a quarterback for Edmonton. No confidence in Edmonton because of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that brings us to the three-minute warning. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? Great Cup fit up update. We are at what day? What day are we at? A day 54, I think. 55? Where are we at? Let me just double check here. I can't remember sometimes. <laughs> Well, we're pretty close to the halfway point at it anyway. Or we're over the halfway point at right now. Yeah, yeah, just over, yeah. So how is it going, Doug? It is going spectacular. Absolutely. Okay, day 54, that's where we're at because I haven't done the update yet. So day 54, it's actually going really, really well. Um, I did my check-in on day 50. I did all my measurements and all that, and I went down from... Uh, 241, yeah, 245, yeah, 241.5 on day 25, and I'm down to 233 on day 50. Wow. And, and since then, I'm actually down 
in four days to 230 even. Damn. So. Dude, I, this is working. This is working spectacularly. Right. I've di- I've got it dialed in now. This is going to be like, I can see myself hitting surpassing goal by day 75 here. And, because, and what's, what's the goal? My goal was to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> it's just to get down to 225. So I'm only five pounds away from that right now. Where with 46 days to go, you're uh, well ahead of schedule. Yeah, it's it, at this point. It's going to be. It's not a matter that I'm that of hitting goal. It's going to be okay. I've hit it. How much? How much lower could I potentially go here? <laughs> that's that's where I'm at right now. So. And I mean, I've, and I've, and just to give you like body measurements, I lost another two inches off my hips and that I've lost about an inch and a quarter everywhere else. Like on, on the, because you mean you with DD with the DDPY app. Yeah. So just, just a, because just to give you a heads up, I'm doing DDPY. It was create. It's a yoga program created by diamond Dallas page that really engages your heart and really gets, really gets you strength, stretching and strengthening. And it's, it's quite the workout. I'm not going to lie, but with the app, you have, uh, you have like nine different points you measure. So you have your, you have your chest, your waist, your hips, but then you also have your calves, your thighs and your biceps. So out of all that, like on average, every part is down another inch on average. And I can actually see it in the mirror now, which is like, huh? I, I look in there and like, huh? my ass used to be a lot bigger than that. <laughs> So do you have any clothes that still fit? Oh yeah, Every, everything still fits. <laughs> everything still fits. It's just loose as all hell. Like like my very first jersey, my Mike O'Shea jersey. I put it on the other day, and it's like, I'm like shit. It never used to be this loose on me. <laughs> I'm like, damn, this is really working. You have to buy some new clothes. I'm gonna have to put. I got to buy some new Argo jerseys. But I'm not doing it this year. <laughs> because See what they give you next year. Well, that's number one, and number and well, that's the chief thing. Num- that's the chief thing. But I mean, if they're gonna, but I mean, if there's a, uh, but if there's a rumored redesign coming, then I'm not gonna. Then why am I gonna waste money on a placeholder? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's hope that uh, Doug is blowing his paycheck next next year on some uh, brand new Argos threads. <laughs> That'll be what? Jersey number six that I own? <laughs> Shit. I it's, a be- it's a beginning. Well. Well, you'll, well have to, you'll have to get one more your size. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, who knows? I might, I'm probably going to be a size smaller the way things are going. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to try that. I don't even want to try the autograph Sean Lemon jersey I've got. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even want to try that because I know that's going to be like, like that's going to be like freaking pajamas on me. Super loose. Well, there. Well, there is one other quick thing, and that's uh, uh, some schooners news. Apparently, a, a NIMBY counselor out of Halifax wanted to wanted to kill the debate and essentially kill the stadium deal. But, uh, it got deferred for, but the vote on that got deferred for two weeks. So yeah, I know. Right. 
so so basically there was so basically this like this is huge huge news on getting the CFL out in the maritime so i'm hoping that this motion let's we're just going to click on the article here really quick so yeah motion made ocean aimed at Halifax stadium proposal deferred for 2 weeks uh, you know, one of the councillors said he's ready to vote now on a proposal by Schooner Sports and Entertainment, adding he's not comfortable with the funding options presented by the group and would vote against supporting the project. Uh, makes sense to check the Pulse of Council before a proposal goes to a months-long staff analysis. Expected to be ready by next spring. Uh, oh, here we go. However, during Tuesday's meeting, Austin asked that his motion be removed from the agenda until October 22nd because of the absence of one council member due to family emergency. So that, so basically they've got, yeah, they basically said, yeah, there's one guy missing for the vote and let's just hold it off until they get back. So it's not because someone, some like counselor in favor said, yeah, we're going to delay this. It's like, no, it's because someone else was missing. But I mean, like, I just, I hope I hope that it's not gonna. It's like oh here we go, okay so the final so the final or final sentence in the or final paragraph in this is where people all land on this I don't know the the counselor said my sense from around the room is the overall sent sentiment on this is pretty lukewarm, whether that translate into killing it now or later I'm not sure so this guy, so this counselor wants it, well, like isn't convinced that. Having us having a stadium for the schooners and for and for the community at large is not in the. He's basically saying we got bigger fish to fry, and he doesn't want to. So I hope that that's not the case. I hope that they come to their senses, <laughs> and and we can get the tenth team off the ground in Halifax sooner rather than later. Well, let's all cross our fingers. Mm-hmm. Well, that does it for the Argos Fancast this week. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And Doug, where can they find you? You can find me personally. Keep track of my Grey Cup fit up updates at, and other such things at DougB519. You can find my group, the Double Blue Order, on on Facebook at facebook.com slash Order on Twitter at Double Blue Order, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the Twitter machine. Uh, you can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast on Twitter. And anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast, specifically Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We want to thank Mike Hogan for joining us on the Argos Fancast this week to talk some Michael Pinball Clemens coming back into the fold. And as always, we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You can find them at cfpodnetwork.ca and at cfpodnetwork on the Twitter machine. There's tons of great fan-driven podcasts from around the country, down south and over in Japan. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. We will talk to you again next week.